Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life Zoomed. Does your current website or blog got you down? Do you need a better hosting platform to help your business zoom turbo versus speeds that are slow and holding you back? No need to look any further than our partner HostGator. Have an existing site? No worries. They can seamlessly transfer your existing site for free and have you zooming turbo in no time for as little as $4 a month. Check them out at HostGator.com and save 30% on new hosting packages using the coupon code Zoom or simply go to socialzoomfactor.com slash HostGator. Are you ready to turn your social media management, engagement, and collaboration efforts to turbo? Our new partner, Sprout Social, empowers marketers to engage, measure, and work smarter, not just harder, when it comes to social media. Check them out at www.sproutsocial.com. Hello, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. Today is an exciting day. Why, you ask? Because this is the first episode that we are doing a live interview with another human being. And today, I'm telling you, you are really in luck because we have an amazing, amazing person who is going to drop some serious knowledge bombs on us in regard to content, marketing, shareability, and lots of other things. And I want to tell you that as we are starting to now finally kick off some interviews. As I as I start these, it was really important to me that I am bringing to you people who I know can make a real difference in your business and life. And I thought there was no better way to start and get that ignition going, turbo, than by bringing in some people who are one, near and dear to my heart, who I can call friend, and who have inspired and helped me along the way. So that is exactly one of the people I'm bringing in today to talk with, and that is Mark Schaefer. And he is just an amazing person. I mean, not only is he super smart, he is a best-selling author. He has an amazing blog we're going to talk about. He does consulting and keynote speaking all around the globe. And he is one of the very first people that I met and started following and was inspired by, and I don't even know if he knows this, but from from his blog, from his blog, I can remember landing on Mark's blog and the first moment knowing that I had hit the jackpot, that I had found what could be a potential real friend. And I had an instant connection with him through his content because he was sharing who he is and putting it all out there to help other people grow. So Mark, welcome to Social Zoom Factor. And to kick off this conversation, I am going to ask you a personal question. And I want to know what brings you joy? 
Well, I'm delighted to be here Zooming with your audience. And I've worked in, in business for more than uh, 30 years. And what brings me joy in life, uh, you know, I think probably have an answer that, would, that, that will surprise a lot of people. <laughs> uh, what, what brings me joy in life, I mean, there are a lot of things that bring me joy. But as I think about it at this point in my life, it's, it's really kind of um, stability. And the reason I say mm-hmm. that is because I went through really some some very, very dark years. I, I went through some terrible personal experiences where I had a spouse that was an alcoholic and a drug addict and I had uh, health issues and financial issues and my my life was just was just chaos as anybody who who lives with an addictive person knows it's just mm-hmm. a roller coaster and and so now uh, I just appreciate every day that's calm <laughs> every mm-hmm. day that's not like a life and death issue with uh, some uh, person you know ready to you know hurt themselves or hurt other people so mm-hmm. uh, I mean wow. I, I really I count myself lucky that I mean it's a simple thing it's just such a simple thing but having a certain stability a certain rhythm to your life having people that you can count on uh, is is almost a foundational, um, Maslow kind of need that I, that I didn't have satisfied for a long time. And now that brings me joy. Uh, I love that. And I think maybe that's why we connected so early on as people and humans. And that I think that word peace is what comes out to me when you tell me that. Right. And I, I know that's something for our family that we absolutely uh, see is the foundation for happiness. And it's something that we work for every day. And I, you know, I don't think some of that stability you're talking about and the peace and the happiness, it doesn't all just come naturally, right? There's things we have to do in our life and in our business that enables that and empowers that. We live in a, we live in a chaotic world. We live in a tumultuous Mm -hmm. world. So we need to create buffers to be able to compensate for that as best we can. And, and sometimes we can't. I mean, to be, Viktor Frankl said, to be human is to suffer and everybody goes through mm-hmm. it. And, and the way that you handle that is what really defines you as a human. Um, but, you know, when you have those stable places in your life, you just got to hold on to it and say, yay. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a thing in our family where when our little guy who's 11, if he's whistling and walking around the house whistling, we know that there is pure peace and happiness in our home. That's that's, nice. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit now. Let's shift gears and let's talk about how you got started in online marketing and everything you're doing now. Just let's rewind a little bit and tell us where you were and how you got to where you are today. Well, I... I have really always been in a in a constant state of reinvention. Um, I started out as a as a journalist, and eventually moved into public relations. But I I really wanted to get into marketing. I mean, I just when I was in college, I took some marketing classes. When I got into the corporate world, I was really inspired by some great marketing leaders I got to work with. And uh, so uh, I, w- I was in sales. I had some, some very, very big sales jobs for a while. And then finally mm-hmm. I got into marketing and I have had 
just about any kind of marketing job, at least in the B2B world, um, that you can imagine. Uh, global responsibility, product responsibility, R&D responsibility, um, you know, pricing and development. And uh, then around, oh gosh, I guess it was around 99 or 2000, I was getting really interested in the internet and had some ideas about how my company could could get into this and 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 create some some benefits for for us and our customers, and they said, well, you know what, we're putting together this this central group. Uh, you have a lot of good ideas. Why don't you come help us with this group? And after about a year, I I started leading this group, and I was the really the first digital manager in the history of the company, and was wow. uh, I ended up being the director of e-business for for Alcoa as a as a global uh, fortune. 500 company. And uh, so I was working on uh, digital marketing, CRM, e-commerce, business-to-business integration. I had a team all over the world. And so we were really on the cutting edge. In fact, it's so cool. One of my employees who was, who was based in China caught up to me recently on LinkedIn. And he said, you know, I was telling somebody some of the things that we were, we were doing around 2005, 2006. And they said, man, you were really (laughs) a pioneer. You were really a pioneer in what you were doing. And I wrote him back, still am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Things don't change. So that's really where, I mean, I I love marketing. I mean, I think it's the Mm -hmm. most exciting, fun, professional profession I can, I can imagine. And then uh, when I started my own business about seven years ago, you know, I really had to immerse myself in the digital world and the social media world because, you know, I became a teacher. I started teaching at a university and uh, started consulting. And you can't mm-hmm. teach and consult about this stuff unless you do it. You can't teach about blogging or social media or digital marketing unless you immerse yourself in this. You can't teach about social media or digital marketing unless you do it. You have to immerse yourself. And so I started a blog. I started doing Twitter. And found out that, you know, it was very interesting to me. Uh, and even though I'm probably best known for my social media writing, consulting, and, and my books, I mean, I'm a marketing strategist. That's really what I love. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I love the social media world, too. It's very interesting for me. So what would you say were the big moments? Like, what were two one or two things that happened in your career, either while in corporate or after, that just that light turned on for you? Like, what was it that gave you that that turbo zoom uh, uh, to know where you, you know, were I going? I remember one, you know, one thing was, you know, when I was a young guy and I, the, uh, my company was installing this $150 million facility, this new facility. It was going to hire 200 people to to work on this thing. And it was all because of a new product that came out of the marketing team. And I thought, wow, that's what marketing does? It can create <laughs> something like this? It creates new mm-hmm. products and new jobs? That's what I want to do. I mean, that was the fire right there. I mean, I, I, I mm-hmm. always thought I would be interested in marketing, but I thought, that's business. That is the that Absolutely. is the cutting edge of business right there. That's what I want to do. So I had really had a lot of a, a lot of uh, inspiration and some really great mentors in my life. The second one I would say uh, I, this really kind of changed things. 
in a, in a subtle way. Um, I was teaching a college class and I taught, as far as I know, I taught the first college level class on social media marketing in the country. It was like 2008. And uh, every time I got to Twitter, which was very new at that time, just really starting out, people just were puzzled. And it seems like I couldn't say enough and they were confused. So I wrote this, I wrote mm -hmm. this little handbook to help people. So some guy came up to me after class one time. And he said, you know, this handbook is worth the price of the whole class. This, is, this has helped me so much. I thought, hmm, really? Hmm. So uh, <laughs> long story short, that little handbook turned into uh, a book called The Tao of Twitter, which became the best-selling book on Twitter in the world. And I, I think as I – I mean, I've done a, so many awesome things in my career and I've had so many just great blessings in my career. I have a feeling at the end of my career – People will look back and say, you know what I really loved about Mark Schaefer? It was that Twitter book. Every, every wow. single day I get messages from all around the world from people saying, thank you. Thank you for writing that book. It has helped me so much. It has opened up my world. I, I was so – I mean every single day. I just, and it's just like, wow, that is just so rewarding to know that I help people like that. And it really came from that one spark of that guy saying, this is, a, this is great content. Well, isn't it funny how sometimes it takes the most simple thing to get people to understand a much broader, more uh, complicated concept. And I, you know, I think this will be a good transition for us to start talking a little bit about your amazing book that you just launched, The Content Code. But I, I want to talk a minute about Twitter because I think you're right. And I think um, when you talk about your Twitter book, I think you will be remembered for that. And I know from our experience in working with business leaders from solo entrepreneurs up to large brands, when they get Twitter, oftentimes they get social mm. and yeah. they, 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 that that yeah. light turns on and like right now i have chills on my arms you know talking about this because that's what turns me on more than anything else is when i can help a human feel empowered and when that light turns on and i think this is a good transition for us to talk maybe about the the shareability concept and and is that uh, what excites people so much, I think, about Twitter is they see the power that they can reach these global audiences. And then when we're combining that with amazing content, right, and able to reach the right people, it's kind of just that holy grail thing that can happen. Uh, yeah, so tell I think us, you're exactly oh, go right. Ahead. And, I, and I, I love the idea. I never thought about it that way, but I think you're right. If you can understand Twitter, you can understand social media. I, I think I mm -hmm. think to some extent that really is that really is true, and mm -hmm. the interesting thing about about shareability and sharing content is that that is the real economic value of social media and content marketing. When you think about it, there's mm -hmm. if you create content and it sits there on your website, you I mean you might as well just lock it in a safe. There's no, there's no economic value. The only economic right. value comes when it moves. So it has to be right. shared uh, between, you know, trusted friends. So now mm -hmm. you think, mm-hmm, interesting. 
if the economic value is coming through the sharing, I really need to understand why people share. I really need to understand right. who they share, what they share, mm -hmm. and how I can help them. And that's really what this new book is about. Because we're, and the name of the book is The Content Code. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. But, you know, the conversation today is, has been a little frustrating to me. Um, it's just dominated by we need to create more content, better content, right. optimized content, uh, you know, automated content, more cost-effective content. And we, you know, we need to build our fans and followers. But the missing link is transmission, igniting that content. If we mm -hmm. can't figure out how to ignite the content, then you're going to be frustrated. You're, you're going to be tremendously sub-optimized. So the thing I'm excited about is this is the first book ever that's completely focused on transmission, which I think is the entire economic value of marketing today. I, I love this, and I so agree, because there are some you know, trusted authorities in this space that, that I, I believe in and support that are preaching things like, um, I want to call it almost this fire hose effect of content, like create, co create pieces of content that are valuable to your audience and then put it on as many channels as you can and, and hope that they're going to consume because that is going to, um, increase your chances of that content being seen. But I think what I love about what you're doing is focusing, taking that to the next level and focusing on why or why is somebody going to pick up that piece of content and trust it enough to share it with their audience, well, right? To share it with their friends. Know, the, I, the content isn't novel anymore. Um, it used to be that, um, uh, you know, when the web was just starting out or even maybe, let's say, three to five years ago, that we mm -hmm. were just, we had this insatiable appetite for content and, you know, cool content and blogs and podcasts. And I mean, it, it was just, everything was new. Well, today, everything is not new. People are figuring out content marketing works very well. So everybody's piling on. And if you think it's hard now, it's going to get much, much worse by the year 2020, just five years from now, the amount of information on the web is expected to increase at a minimum of 500%. So if, if, Crazy, if you can it? imagine how big the web is, we're going to have five of those in the next five years. And so, you know, just creating content uh, for most businesses, I mean, I guess in, in some industries and in some niches, it still might be um, uh, a novelty. But for most businesses today, you've, you've got to start looking beyond that. You've got to start thinking about, you know, what's next? How do we really make money off this stuff? Hey, Mark, I know we're getting deep into some content right now. This is amazing. And you know that we have sponsors that make Social Zoom Factor podcast possible. So let's take a quick break for a few words from our sponsors. Mark and I will be right back. 
Would you like to get your business Zooming Turbo online, but don't know where to start? Is website development not your thing? Check out HostGator.com for all of your hosting needs. They have easy one-click WordPress installs or drag and drop website builders. If you need even more help, their website design, setup, SEO, and even managed services can have you Zooming in no time. We have been hosting our own and client sites at HostGator for years, and I can personally validate that their service by far beats out their competition. With one little tweet, email, or chat conversation, they are there and ready to help you Zoom or resolve any issues that may come up 24-7, 365 days of the year. HostGator has the capacity to grow with you and scale when and how you need them to without headache or costing you a fortune. Check out HostGator.com today and save 30% on new hosting packages with coupon code Zoom. Or simply go to socialzoomfactor.com slash HostGator. Again, that's social zoomfactor.com slash hostgator. Smart digital marketers know they must proactively discover, inspire, and interact with their customers on social media. Sprout Social puts turbo social marketing power in your hands with a platform that is both powerful and user-friendly. It simply gets out of the way and empowers brands to easily listen, engage, proactively respond, measure, and most importantly, nurture relationships with both new fans and loyal brand evangelists. Sprout Social is a platform that can help you achieve business results. If you want to truly connect with your online community and start streamlining your social engagement, start with a free 30-day trial of Sprout Social today. Check them out at www.sproutsocial.com. Again, that's sproutsocial.com. Okay, Mark, can you Let's dig in a little bit deeper to what is and how do we measure and understand the economic value of content and shareability? Well, um, so I I became obsessed with this. (laughs) For the last year and a half, I, I think that is really the word to say is that it was almost in an unhealthy way that I was just determined I had to figure this out. I had to figure out what we were going to do. And so I think that there are six possible strategies. There are six possible things to do to move your content, and that is the content code. That makes up uh, the content code. And you mentioned this word, uh, shareability. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important concept and probably the most accessible for most people and for most uh, businesses that – How do we remove every possible barrier? How do we make it easy for our customers to access our content and share our content? How do we encourage them? How do we reward them? How do we create content that connects with them in an emotional way? Mm -hmm. Um, I spend quite a bit of time in the book talking about why people share content. And this presents quite a dilemma for businesses. Because the three reasons why people share content in general is they share content to make themselves look cool or to mm-hmm. make themselves look relevant or hip or funny or whatever. But Smart it's, and savvy and it's, all it's, those it's, good it's things. An extension, <laughs> it's an extension of, the brand, of, of our personal brand, just like right. we choose you know, what car we drive or what clothes we wear. 
And so the second reason is people share to help one another. And the third reason is they share, it has nothing to do with the content whatsoever. It's because they believe in you, that mm -hmm. you are a heroic brand. You are someone or something or a company that they just believe in and they love so much. It almost doesn't matter what you write. You transcend content. You transcend social media and SEO. I'm sharing it because I just love you. Now, here is the dilemma. People share content for intrinsic and emotional reasons. Mm -hmm. We tr Companies in general try to get people to share content for economic reasons. And so they spend money on SEO and advertising and coupons. And you can trick people into clicking a link. You mm -hmm. can trick people into, you can buy their way into seeing your content. But you can't buy your way into them sharing it. And so it, it, that's a huge dilemma. That is a huge mindset change that we have to start thinking about if our, the economic value of content is going to be demonstrated and measured by transmission and transmission is occurring for intrinsic and emotional reasons, we have to change the way that we're connecting with our consumers. Absolutely. Because I mean, it's that the saying, you know, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. It's like Houston, we have a disconnect because it's the, the objectives I think that many brand leaders to this day are still trying to understand in this digital world is based on what we're talking about here, completely at the opposite end of the spectrum of what actually is going to be able to help them get to that goal that they're wanting to achieve. You know, and, and I think we're starting to see this transition. It, like uh, I'm, I'm just thinking right now about kind of the surprising nature of some of the commercials during the Super Bowl this year. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, it was almost like cause marketing. I think Coca-Cola yes, did something. There was a lot of it. Coca-Cola did something about bullying, and mm -hmm. there was one brand that was about uh, the self-image of young women and. Uh, McDonald's was talking about buying uh, your food with love. And, you know, so it was all about emotion. And it was almost like, wow, what's happened here? I think mm -hmm. the best brands, the best marketers are starting to get this, that we do have to connect on an emotional level, not just mm -hmm. an economic level. That's what's going to push it through in this information-dense world. Well, and it doesn't always have to be sappy either. I oh, mean, it no. can be, it can make me laugh. Sure. I always say if you, right, if you want to get my attention online, make me laugh, make me cry or make me mad, <laughs> unfortunately, but it's, it's striking that emotion. Now you're probably not going to get a response from me uh, as likely if you're making me mad as if you're making me happy or making me you know, t pull in that emotional heartstring, which is what I think you're getting at many of the Super Bowl ads tried to do. And I think some, I think some were successful. However, I think there were some that are still learning and it looked like they were trying a little bit too hard. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, and so that's, I think that's probably the way it all it is, you know, it's, it's, exactly. it's, you know, some ad agency is saying, is saying, well, you know, current thought leadership is we've got to connect on an emotional level. So they just do it all wrong. You know, yeah. we're just kind of, we're just kind of stumbling our way towards human connection. They go through, everybody went and threw puppies in there. I think that was a, a yeah. big overkill this last year. So when we are talking about sharing and, and I love what you said about people 
are, cannot be tricked into sharing content. They can be tricked into clicks because they think something different is on the other end, but it's much more difficult to uh, trick a human into sharing your content with even just their closest friends on Facebook. And so given that, other than emotion, how do you recommend that brands focus on getting their content shared? And is it more of an aspect of getting it shared by the right people, right? So how important is it that they're digging into the right audience? Because I think there's a lot of time wasted on just shareability when it's really not being shared by people that are going to help to move that content for them. Well, I've devoted an entire chapter of the of the book uh, on that. It's called the the alpha audience, and I introduced this this new idea that um, the people that are creating economic value for our businesses are the ones who are sharing content. So, and and those that's an elite group. Twitter tells us that people share only one out of three hundred eighteen tweets that they see. Facebook reports that if you're following a brand, only one half of 1% of the people following that brand share the content. So now we start to have to think about, well, gosh, not very many people are sharing this content. Who are these people? Mm-hmm. How do we find them? How do we find more of them? Mm-hmm. How do we connect them, nurture them? It's just like sales. It's a lot easier to sell more to your current customers than to go out and find new customers and convert them. So how do we encourage these people that are sharing uh, that, uh, and how do we get them to share more? So uh, it, again, it, it really suggests an entirely new way to think about marketing, to, to shift our focus, not on just building an audience, not just on building traffic. I mean, traffic, what's that? It's tourists, people that yes. come to our website, they never come back. We need to focus put our resources not on traffic but on trust because that's what creates this alpha audience. It, it ultimately, it's trust. They have to trust our brand and always trust our brand. We can never break that trust to, to build that alpha audience. Right. So those are the people, Mark, for both of us, that those are the people who are signing up and auto sharing our content. Yeah. Right. I can post a new blog post and I know that you see the same thing. And before I can even go share it myself, there's usually you know 20 people who have auto tweeted that. And I think your point in that we can never lose that trust because if we mess up one time and lose that trust and are providing, creating content mm-hmm. that they share that blows up in their feed, they will ne- they will go disconnect that share and it will never be turned back on. Now think about the implications of that with some of the biggest trends in our, in our industry right now, in the marketing right. field. Things like sponsored posts, mm-hmm. native advertising, mm-hmm. okay? So- so you've got these people who who love you and they trust you. And now all of a sudden, you've got people paying for your content. And it's not content anymore. It's an ad. Now, yes. people might say, eh, what's going on here? I'll still come back tomorrow. But if they see something again like that tomorrow or next week, they're not going to come back. They may never come back. And so, you know, it's like two big trains 
steaming toward each other here that you know we've got these ad, you know advertising agencies that are desperate to find you know influencers and native advertising and sponsored posts uh, because all these other traditional channels of connecting to customers like TV and radio and magazines, it's drying up. Mm-hmm. So we've got to go into these other areas. But you know, we can't have the promise of easy money fog our vision about the thing that's going to pay off in the long term is this trust in this amazing audience that we have, and we can never, ever break that trust. I completely agree. And I think it's really important. And people that I know we have a lot of listeners who are both new as well as a lot of listeners that may be in corporate, right? So everything from a solopreneur up to a corporate audience and and a lot of people that are, are just now trying to build their online platform mm-hmm. and establish and also monetize. We're getting a ton of questions around monetization. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a really important topic because as you start to look at monetization, you cannot trade uh, short-term monetization for losing trust. And I see a lot of blog owners and people sell out and their blog starts becoming all paid media, mm-hmm. okay? And when that happens, then where's your voice? Where's your Where's your opinion that people fell in love with to begin with? And I think that's I think that's one of the most risky things that we're going to see over the next twelve to eighteen months. And um, you know, I want to help as many people as I can avoid that. And I know that you do too, Mark. Well, I mean, it's tough because I, I hesitate judging anybody. I mean, you've got to do what mm-hmm. you need to do to feed your family. Um, I mean, as long as it's legal and it's and, and, and yeah. it's ethical. But you know, and there are many strategies out there to, um, to to monetize through advertising or sponsored posts, or even taking money for for links. I get you know offers for that ten times a day. Um, but I think for me, y- you just have to stay tuned to the long term vision <laughs> that I'm going to make a lot more money in the long term from people hiring me for consulting or speaking or buying my books because they like me and they trust me rather right. than you know turning my blog into something that looks like a NASCAR jacket because there's so many sponsors you know plastered all over it Absolutely. And it, it really, to me, goes back to finding yourself, finding your voice, having confidence in yourself that you can establish trust and authority, right? It comes back to who you are as a person and having a solid strategy around why you're doing what you're doing. Mark, in your book, I know you talk a lot about the importance of understanding your alpha audience. Can we please dig into that for a minute? to really understand the full picture of, of uh, why content gets shared. Certainly some of it belongs to the content and the, and the book is filled with a lot of ideas of how to take down those barriers and make your content more shareable. Uh, I, I get into a lot of ideas around the role of the brand and content. Branding is more important uh, than ever. Uh, I get into things, very more subtle things, like distribution, promotion, social proof, even the authority of your website. Um, but the, the chapter that people really seem to be hanging on to is this idea of the, of the alpha audience, of this group of people who really are the ones that are creating the economic value because they're the ones who are sharing the content. 
And one of the things in the book that I hope is going to be thought-provoking to people is that many of our uh, metrics and dashboards are not equipped to help us with this new line of thinking. So let me give you an example. Let's say, Pam, there's a young lady out there who is kind of shy and maybe she only tweets four or five times a month, but half of her tweets are about you. Now, she's going to show up in your dashboard as a mention. If you have something around sentiment, it might be positive sentiment. But the fact that half of her tweets are about you isn't going to show up. And so we talk a lot about this idea of dark social media, where whenever people share content on text messages or emails, we're never going to see that. But there's also this area of gray social media, which means people are telling us that they love us. We're just not hearing it. And so the real economic value, the real wisdom and the, and the opportunity for innovation and building an audience isn't in big data. It's in the little data. It's in these small, strong voices of people out there that are saying, they're raising their hands in a virtual way and saying, I love you. You're my favorite. Are we listening to them? Are we recognizing them? Are we capturing that in some way and saying, these are the people who are going to buy from us. These are the people who are moving our content. We have to treat them in a special way. I love that because those are the people and the people that are sharing that are going to have that emotional and passionate connection with you and your brand and your content. And then they are going to share it with that same passion and emotion. And, that, and, and absolutely. And that takes a long time to establish and, and when you have that connection with people, you just can't afford to ignore it. You can't afford to let that go away. You've got to find those people, hold on to them. If it's 2% of your audience today, you got to work to make it 3%, then 4%, because that's what's really, that's the bedrock of your business. And Mark, I know both of us were recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I was amazed how many people came up and told me I was the first person they ever followed on Twitter. But then there were several people that said, you changed my life. Like I had yeah. one guy that came and told me that he had been laid off from corporate and it was my blog and several other people out there that helped him put food on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know him, yeah. right? And so that's where I think to your point is we have some of these people out there. There were other people that said I, a, a lady from a large corporation that I didn't even know her said, I have your quotes all over my bulletin board in my cubicle. And to your point, the data has not caught the ways that we measure these things. I don't even know these people exist right now. Yeah. Right. And, and unless they're reaching out to us. And so I'm, I think that's one of the areas I'm most excited about from a social measurement perspective. And it's one of those things for the past few years, Mark, I've been saying two years ago, I said, you know, I hope that two years from now, we're, we're laughing at the tools we're using today, but <laughs> I'm still laughing, but it's not in a good way. You know, well, you know, there, there's been, uh, there's a lot of money going into measurement and, uh, you know, I think we are making some progress, but I think it's, get it's, better. It's, it's, it's just, it's just like you, you, you said that. I mean, some things, if people are posting our, our posts on bulletin boards, well, you know, 
we'll probably never know that. No. But there are a lot of things. We can connect the dots in a lot of other ways that can surface these very passionate fans uh-huh. of, any, of, of any business so that we can do a better job of, of nurturing them. Well, and if you think about what she said, okay, she and she told me, I have your quotes on my wall and I show my management them and I say, see? And so from that shareability, I think there's opportunity there too because how can we make it easier for her to share even with the people within her organization? Yeah, right? that's exactly right. There's a gap there to me. Like I see an opportunity. Mm-hmm. How do we package up you know, that equivalent to your Twitter book that helps people understand that? Mark, I have one last question before we close off, and that is, what inspires you, and where do you go for your inspiration? You know, the the the, the place I I go is, um, you know, I, I have a very very busy life, and so it's it's hard for me to be inspired um, because when you're a content creator you don't have a, t- a lot of time to consume content. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a content creator. I, I blog and I do a podcast and I, I write books and I do, you know, guest posts and for people. And so, um, uh, so it's, it's, it's hard for me to be inspired, but what, what really ha- the, the best thing for me is to completely disconnect, free my mind, uh, go take a hike go sit by a river, go sit by a stream. And that's when things start to flash. Mm -hmm. That's when the synaptic connections come back (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, get off, get off the plane and go sit by the river. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's just like this, this flood of ideas. And so, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm, I'm inspired by, uh, by the peace of nature, by the Mm -hmm. rhythm of nature, or just by, Mm -hmm you know, letting my mind relax a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. And it's, to me, it's about unplugging. And it's it's when I really let myself unplug, right? And I'm also one of those shower people. I swear I'm, I need to invent something that can digitally capture my brain in the shower because <laughs> I, I can guarantee I'd be retired by now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's disconnecting, right? And that's why I write so much and I do podcasts every now and then on the weekends encouraging people to turn off, right? And I see people that are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to make this thing work. And I think if they just went and took some time off, I think a lot of those ideas are going to come to them more Mm -hmm. naturally. That works for me. So Mark, tell me, if you could give a few words of advice to somebody new in this space or to somebody who has been going at it for a while and is just really struggling with bringing the pieces together with their online platform, what advice would you give to them? Well, a lot of people, the thing that they struggle with is what is what makes me special? You know, what is what is my mm-hmm. niche? You know, Pam Moore is already writing about everything. I can't, I can't write it because she's already writing it. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that. So what I encourage people to do is think about this as a first step. Think about how do you finish this sentence? Only we or only I, if you're a solo entrepreneur. And, and that forces mm-hmm. you to think about what makes me different? Why do my customers uh, – love me? 
why do they keep coming back to me? And a good place to start is to ask your customers and you might get some surprising answers. And I think the other piece is to not be paralyzed if you don't know Mm -hmm. your niche. Just, Just start anyway because I continue to evolve. My content is much different than it was six months ago. It's going to be different six months from now because I get, I, I yes. adjust, I adapt, I adopt, I get feedback from my audience. Uh, a friend of mine, a professor up in Virginia left me a book review and it said, Mark Schaefer is the, is the master of, sm- of small, useful marketing books. I thought, you know what? I haven't really thought of myself wow. that way, but he, he helped me define my mm-hmm. niche. I thought, you know what? That's exactly what I do. And uh, so, I mean, that, wow. that feedback, it continues to, to tune you, to tune you in. So don't worry mm-hmm. if you don't have it 100%. You may never have it 100%. Um, just get going, get started, and, and see how it goes. Yes. I can remember when I first hopped on Twitter back in late 2009, and people kept putting me on lists titled coach, inspiration, things I had never really thought of myself coming out of the corporate world of all the corporate mumbo jumbo speak. And I know that you can relate to this, Mark. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize how much I was able to help at the human level. And so I think, you know, sometimes it can be things as simple as looking at the list that people are putting you on Twitter, even if you only have 50 followers. That's a great idea. So any parting words, Mark? Well, no, just thanks so much for for having me. Uh, You continue to be just a great thought leader and supporter and friend out there. I appreciate it very much and hope uh, everyone will uh, check out uh, the content code. I'm, I'm sure they will. We will make sure to put a link in the show notes page for this episode. And please tell us where is the best place that they can go online to find you and connect with Mark Schaefer. You can find everything about me at businessesgrow.com. You can find my blog, my podcast, my books, and lots of information for businesses of every size. Perfect. And Mark, I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. The knowledge you have shared with us, man, we're talking some serious knowledge bombs and your insight is amazing. And just getting to know you even more better than I did before at a personal level. I thank you for sharing yourself with us today. And I wish you the absolute best of luck in your new book launch. I'm sure it's going to just be screaming turbo. Thank you so much. If you're ready to zoom your business and zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor.